hour number two of the Blitz starting right now, 1340 AM, 105.7 FM. Live in your Fan Run Radio app, that's free. Wherever you get your apps, download us. Take us with you on the go, wherever you may go. We're also live on video. On video, that video stream, it's, well, it's streaming. Streaming on Twitter, on Twitch, and on Facebook. If you want to watch along at home, well, go check us out. Go check us out. We're having a good time. I'm in a silly mood on this signing day. Starting off hour two, let's jump right back into it. Where we left off, it's talking bulls with the Blitz. It's big, a good segment. Uh, big, we could make that a segment. Talking bulls. Yeah, except for the part where we have to fill segments talking about bulls. No, we just be get we just get really into bull riding. It's on Fox, isn't it? Um pretty sure it's on FS one. I see it a lot. Not a lot. Really? Sometimes it makes its I see way. It a lot. What do you think they're at right now? PBR? Tour? Is Stay there home. an off season for bull riding? Bull riding never sleeps, Sam. Never does. This damn cough. I just can't get rid of it today. Yeah, you should try not coughing. Yeah. You I thought should. about that? I have. I yeah, I don't really I wish I could tell you more about the the PBR tour, but I really can't. It confuses me a little bit because I think now there's like multiple tours and then there's like some teams. There's also like a challenger series, but then there's the Pendleton Velocity Tour. We're not talking about bulls again. Let's no. start with an opening drive. Okay. Opening drive, first down, PBR. <laughs> opening drive. This weekend, coming to Knoxville. Knoxville, Knoxville. Have you? Knoxville, Knoxville, Knoxville. Knoxville, Friday, Friday, this Saturday. Those are my favorite commercials on the planet. No, uh, first down, Washington's Kalen DeBoer named the AP Coach of the Year Tuesday after guiding the Huskies to a 13-0 record Pac-12 title in college football playoff berth his second year in Seattle. He's the first Washington coach to earn the honor. Third Pac-12 coach to be named the AP Coach of the Year in the last 25 years. Can you name the other two? Say it again, sorry. Am I not important enough? <laughs> I just couldn't hear you over my cough. Yeah, no. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, mm-hmm. Coach of the Year. Yeah. According to the Associated Press. Yeah. They're pressing it up. Associate style. Uh, he's the first Washington coach to earn the honor, but he's the third Pac-12 coach. Can you name the other two? Third in the last 25 years. So, since 2000. And I'll go ahead and I'll tell you, since 2010, two Pac-12 coaches have won National Coach of the Year. If you can tell me who these two coaches are, I will will do a lot. It'll be impressive. Okay. Um, One of them you should get. One of them I forgot existed. I really just want to guess the not the guy I didn't know existed. Can I get? Um. Above or below Las Vegas. 
You could, but then I would have to pull out a map. <laughs> All right. Well, this just got even more confusing. Uh, above or below Las Vegas? Well, I'm talking right now to buy myself time while I pull up my app and I zoom out. Okay, we're done stalling. Um, both are above Las Vegas. Above Las Vegas, okay. Um, and what year did you say it's been since? In the last 15 years, or, or yeah, we'll say in the last 15 years. It's happened twice. Ha Chip Kelly at Oregon? Is that one? Ding, 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 ding. Chip okay. Kelly at Oregon. 2010 AP Coach of the Year. You're missing the other one. 2015 and beyond. So in the last 10 years, there has been a Pac-12 Coach of the Year. 2015 Pac football. Pac-12 football. Above Las Vegas, so north of Vegas, but I'll say this, south of Eugene. South of Eugene and north of Vegas? South of Eugene, north of Vegas. So this any, sounds like it's in guesses from the audience. Sounds like it's in. I know someone out there. I know that there is one person out there listening that just knows this answer for some reason. That is just screaming at the radio or the speaker. How do you not know? How do you not know? It's 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 blank blank. Come on. Don't you remember he had that one really good team that one year? I mean, the only state I can think of is the state of Colorado, but I don't know the coach or any anyone near. I bet you Jared knows this. Yeah, he's the he's fifty eight years old, currently the head coach at FIU. Don't know this either. Who is it? Born March fourteenth, nineteen sixty five. Started his career as a graduate assistant in Georgia in nineteen ninety. Was the D.C. of UT Martin in the 90s. DB coach in the NFL from 2003 to 2007. He was the defensive coordinator at Duke in 2009. Head coach at San Jose State for two years. And then from 2013 to 2018, he was the head coach of Colorado. It's Mike McIntyre. Oh, so I got the state right. I don't remember Mike McIntyre at all. I mean, I do, but I don't remember. I would have taken hours to get that. Good try. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, Is that it? He clinched the Pac-12 South Division Championship for the first time in school history that year. Okay. Trying to figure out what made it so significant. I really I can't figure it out. All right. Well, that's that. So you're okay. On to your thing. Second down. You uh, do your thing. Some, I guess, kind of somewhat breaking news. Uh, some signing day updates. Five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley, the Texas A&M commit, is not signing his letter of intent during early signing period. His mother told 24-7 Sports, said no chance of that. And 
Good news for the Vols. I was going to say, this is... Continues through his process. He'll take an official visit to LSU on the weekend of January 12th, and then an official visit to Tennessee on the week of January 19th. So we got the last visit. We've got the last visit. Uh, Oklahoma head coach Brent Venables uh, and their Sooner staff, they went to an in-home visit uh, with him this past Thursday. Oklahoma, Texas, Ohio State, and Texas A&M all got official visits this summer. But he will be taking a couple winter visits to LSU and Tennessee. I think that's a good sign that he's at least not going to be signing with Texas A&M. Now it'll uh, you know be a little bit of a recruiting battle. I have you know I have seen some things kind of in this recruiting cycle already in the last couple of weeks of, of Rodney Garner and that defensive line staff uh, going to meet with him. So you know they're in his ear hoping that they can get him to flip. Hopefully, probably in the uh, you know the official signing period I guess in November. But that'll be one to keep an eye on uh, in a couple of weeks. A guy who's Who's visiting here in a couple weeks? Five-star D lineman can really, really, really add to this class. So this is uh, this is great move. Yeah, great news. Great yeah. news. Yeah, great news. I mean, supposed to commit today, did not push it back or sign today. Rather, supposed to sign today, did not push it back, and will now be visiting Tennessee. Correct. On on January 19th? Yep. LSU and Tennessee are his two visits. I think you got to feel good about that then. Yeah. Got to feel great about that. You can get another five-star D lineman in this class. I mean, we we talked about it right when, when Jordan Seaton kind of zigzagged. Should have maybe freed up some funds that that you had had reserved. You could go try to make some last minute pivots. And yeah. it, it seems like, you know, the the recruitment of this kid picked up almost immediately following the seat and decommitment. I wonder if that's where like some that. of that nil chest yeah. has now uh, been been kind of steered to. And uh, I'd say it's working pretty well. I mean, Rodney Gardner is your best coach outside of Josh Heupel. He is your best coach. You know, that's uh, it's probably your best position group. It's probably the position you've recruited best to this point. So, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. And, again, getting that last weekend visit, too, I think is always big. That's always huge, To get yeah. the last impression mm-hmm. and uh, – Put that last little seed in their mind before they commit somewhere. Yeah, last seed, last McDonald's bag. Um. January 19th? January 19th. You know who Tennessee plays in basketball that weekend on the 20th? Kentucky? Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Nice. Home game against Alabama. That is. Maybe we'll get a a We Want Dom chant. We 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 want want Big Dom. We want McKinley. Right? I think just Big Dom. Let's make our let's get our own big dom. Big dom. Big dom. Big dom. Big dom. Big dom. Yeah, yeah, that works. That works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it works. Dom to the hill. That's uh man, that works out pretty well that we have Alabama at home that weekend. You know, I'm sure he won't be the only last minute visitor. That's a pretty good little uh last minute pitch you can make there. 
because that will be a sold out game. That will be yeah, yeah an electric easy. atmosphere. That that will be Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center at its best. All right, something to keep an eye on. Big Dom, big Dom, Dominique Dom in the house. Dom, 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 Dom. Sound a little bit like Bill Nye. Anyway, third down, back to bull riding. Um. Anyway, third down. Got some NFL news. C.J. Stroud likely out for another week with his concussion. Not good for Surprising. those playoff hopes. Yeah, not good for the old noggin either. If that's a, if it's an old two weeker. Yeah. Like, I feel like we've seen concussions keep players out longer this year than we've seen in years past. Is that? I think people are more cautious that, now. Probably. Is that like wrong? You think there's data to back that up? Is that just a perception that I'm having, or? It also that, might just be like my star young quarterback. Like maybe let's not get it like a Tua situation type of deal. Who knows? I mean, they're currently tied with the Jags and the Colts. Three-way tie, top of the AFC South. Uh, currently tied there. He's also the front runner for Rookie of the Year. I don't really think he has to play again this year to be Rookie of the Year. Is there anyone even close to him? Puka Nakua? Eh, maybe. Who else would be close? I mean... Sam Laporta? Should be. I would say should be for Maybe sure. Maybe like a nominee. <laughs> um, I don't know, though. It doesn't really seem like there's Jordan been Jordan Addison, maybe? Eh, Puka eh. Nakua, Jordan I would Addison. Say jo- I would say Puka Nakua is ahead of Jordan Addison. Zay Flowers. I mean, Zay Tank Dell, if Tank Dell wouldn't have got hurt. I think you could make a pretty decent argument for Puka Nakua. Yeah, probably. But I don't think that argument's going to get made. I think so, it's, uh, you know, it took a little bit a of a dive point. off there. Has he? Uh, where is Puka at? Let's see. I feel like he's a thousand-yard receiver. He's the clear number two, but C.J. Stroud is like minus ten thousand to to be the. Yeah, I mean Puka Nakua. Jameer Gibbs close is to twelve hundred yards. Jameer Gibbs. I feel like Sam Laporta is pretty deserving. He's had a really good year, man. We need ourselves an Iowa tight end. That's yeah. what Tennessee needs next. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Jordan Addison, Sam Laporta, Rasheed Rice. Bijan Robinson both up there. Eh. Jaden Reed. Shout out Jaden Reed. He's been uh, been pretty sneaky good this year. But C.J. Stroud is out. Um he did not practice before the, the Titans game at all. Did not even travel to that game. Case Keenum replaced him. Probably not good for the for the Texans. I mean, let's just be honest. Case Keenum was bad. The Titans were just worse. Yeah. Yeah. So we got Case Keenum versus, versus Joe Flacco on Sunday for a potential playoff spot. Nice. Love it. What a world we live in. Fourth down. Fourth down. It's a parade inside my city, Charlie. He's back. John Morant returns from suspension. Nails a game winner in the process of it. 
Yeah, quick trigger too on that. On quick that last trigger, shot. quick trigger on that last shot. Uh, something he's good at. <laughs> uh oh. Did something happen? I'm just. Is he live on I'm Instagram? Just, just, oh no! Turn it off. I'm just Turn reading, it off. I'm reading the uh, the ESPN article with this, and it's it's hilarious. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies star Ja Morant fought fatigue after carrying his team back from a 24-point deficit to tie the score against the Pelicans as he used a massage gun on his calves, which he said he felt starting to cramp during the timeout. Oh, we let him use guns again already in his first game back? Did you see him get full standing ovation from everyone on the organization when he walked in the yes, building yesterday? Yes, he got like a... It was James Conner coming back from cancer. Yeah. Instead, it was just... Yeah. I like to show my friends guns on the internet. Yeah. Would have been really funny <laughs> if he went on Instagram Live last night with a gun. He played well, though. Uh, 34 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists in his first game back. Goes right past the uh, you know the Pelicans' kind of best defensive player in, in Herb Jones there. Uh, spin move in the lane, making it as time expires. Silencing the crowd, returning from his 25-game suspension. Said he feels like it was a perfect ending to the perfect day. Good for job. 27 of his 34 points perfect were in the second half. To the perfect day. The perfect day with John Morant. <laughs> so sweet. Said he was uh, he was struggling with his wind. He's a little winded. They uh they did need some heavy machinery like John Morant back in their lineup though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dangerous playmaker. Yeah. Quick as a bullet getting to the get into the hole. I uh I, I think what, what John Morant needs to do now is just steer hard into it. <laughs> like get a get a carrying license. He should get a couple sponsorship deals. Like Smith and Wesson, hit him up. Ditch your shoe contract with Nike. Get Smith and Wesson to make some custom basketball shoes. <laughs> Maybe just start open carrying. Just make it part of your personality. Teach like gun safety courses. Back on Instagram Live with John Moran. I wanted to teach you to properly put your firearm in safety before. You put it in your holster. Yeah, like getting a... Getting John Moran, a, back at the gun range. Getting a custom name for like a, a certain gun. The Judge. The Jaw. By the Judge. Maybe like, the a, judge? like a Desert Eagle. Call it... Yeah, yeah. Signature, signature basketball gun. Instead of shoe. <laughs> Maybe sticks basketball. I think we lost it. I think we did. Let's get out of here. Okay. Stay back, no Santa. I make my runs about the break of day. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about the break of day. Oh, oh, oh. All right, Sam, back here on the Blitz and uh, college hoops last night. Pretty good little mini mini slate. 
I'd call it a mini slate. We know we mini didn't, slate, yeah. We didn't get a, a host of good games, but still some quality in there, uh, nonetheless. Like Citadel Notre Dame or Memphis Virginia. That was a better game. Uh, Memphis Virginia, maybe at least a better matchup. Not that much of a uh, of a game. Memphis controlled that one really from halftime on. You know, it was yeah. it was a pretty good first half of basketball. Memphis outplayed Virginia in the first half, but then they came back out in the second half and just showed why Virginia is not the Virginia that we're used to. Just just not enough offensive firepower there. Um, they shut down Vanderbeek and they shut down Virginia. Held the Cavaliers to just 22 points in the second half, outscoring them 39 to 22 and route to a 77 to 54 victory. Sam, this Memphis team is good. Yeah, Memphis is is legit. They're legit. This is I think this is one of Penny's best teams. I think the difference in in this Memphis team compared to some Penny teams uh, you know, from the past, I think it's that defense. I think these guys like to play defense a lot more than those old Penny teams. The old Penny teams were just kind of the, you know, the run and gun athletes and and you know, play quick and transition, but I think these guys They've, you know, they're they're playing a team game and they're playing some good defense right now. They're playing sound defense and they're still scoring the ball well. It's a dangerous team, Charlie. I agree. Memphis is good. Yeah, the uh, the old Memphis teams had a real like, let's hurry up and let them score so we can shoot the ball again vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this team takes defense really seriously. You know, I think he's gotten some good transfers in there. I think just the veteran presence of uh, of Quinterly is really yeah, just just kind of brought them together. And, I mean, they forced 15 steals last night against a pretty technically sound Virginia team. Um, meanwhile, they had it taken away from them just eight times by Virginia. Uh, playing some pretty good basketball. That's a dangerous team. That is not a team I would necessarily want to play this year. I'm kind of glad that that series isn't happening. Yeah. Uh, but Memphis – a big win last night. Uh, you had a couple of other big games last night as well. You had the battle of the most average basketball teams to probably make the NCAA tournament in the world in the Jumpman Classic. Felt like, uh, it felt like an 11-seed play-in game last night in the Jumpman Classic. It was a good Classic. game, though. Yeah, it was a great game. <laughs> you know, we, we keep – announcers are almost overplaying it these days. Oh, that had a – Final Four feel that had a Sweet Sixteen feel that had an Elite Eight feel, that had a Tuesday first, night in Dayton. Yeah, feel. <laughs> that's first what that weekend game was. Of, of March Madness feel. Yeah, that was. Uh, we just watched Texas A and M Corpus Christi beat Howard by by five. Now, oh, we got these two teams. Cool. It was like a oh shoot, my season is on the line game. <laughs> I don't understand how Michigan isn't better. That's what I can't figure out, why Michigan isn't better, uh, but they haven't been. Florida gets a win last night in double OT, uh, a game that went into the hundreds, mind you. I think Florida, uh, not to the same degree as we talked about yesterday with Alabama and Texas A&M, but I think Florida is another one of those teams that has shown enough in the non-conference slate to make you feel like they're they're kind of close to clicking and, and really becoming a threat in the SEC. Yeah. 
I don't think they're like top 15 team threat the same way that Alabama and Texas A&M are, but I think they're definitely like talented enough to be a top 25 team at some point this year. Do they give you like Ole Miss vibes maybe? I think they might end up better than Ole Miss. Ole Miss, I think, is either going to end up just good or just like really. Ole just, Miss could just like, end up being Missouri. Yeah, didn't, just didn't play anybody. Them. Didn't play no. anybody. Well, okay, now they are playing someone, and they're actually Fall still flat on your face, kind of winning somehow. But uh, I mean, this Florida team—they open up SEC play: Kentucky, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Tennessee. So we're going to figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah, that's a tough. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough start. But they've played some decent competition. You know, nothing fantastic, but they've tested themselves to a certain degree mm-hmm. at least. Virginia, Florida State, Pitt, Baylor, Wake, Michigan. I remember that Baylor game. They hung in there with Baylor. Yeah, I thought they played well in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, eight and three. Um, they can score. They can score. <laughs> Haven't really defended, but they can score. Five guys averaging double digits Yeah. Uh, as a team, shooting 46%. I thought those games were fun last night. I thought we had one other fun game last night. Uh, the most obvious upset of the season, Providence, taking down Marquette. I had to know that was coming. You just you just don't win in the dunk. You just don't win. I texted Charlie last night, and I said, Charlie, you think Christmas break has a factor? You know, like these kids aren't, aren't here for the holidays. Like you think the dunk's maybe not as rowdy? No. Doesn't. Doesn't matter at all providence is 40 and 3 in their last 43 home games yeah i was about to pull Crazy. up that same stat uh the best in all of college basketball in that time span the last three seasons nobody has been better than the providence friars at home shout out our guy kim english yeah that was going to be my next question to you uh, is providence showing enough in kim english's first year to kind of maybe make you think this kim english guy Maybe he is the prince that's promised. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is, you know, one of the next up-and-coming names in college basketball. It's still early. still early. Just his first Big East game after all. But I don't know. Are you starting to get some potential successor to Rick Barnes vibes from Kim English? I was just about to say, it feels like that's a guy that, you know, it's kind of like I- I'm not going to compare, you know, Rick Barnes to Coach K here, but like in terms of how – at the end of kind of Coach K's career, like he he let a couple assistants like go on and get some head coaching jobs and try and just see if those are some kind of potential replacement candidates. It does feel like Kim English is one of those guys. I think he's, you know, putting together a solid team over there at Providence. And I think he's, you know, obviously had some success. He gets some, you know, some former Vols, I guess, that, you know, go to his team. He got uh, ticket gains there. He had a big night for him last night. Um yeah, I do kind of feel like Kim English, if you give him another couple years, and, you know, I would assume that Barnes has another couple years is kind of what I'm saying. And I yeah. do think English is kind of that guy that you maybe look at. I think Barnes has, like, three to five years left, if I had to guess. I would say three. That doesn't really come from any – there's nothing to back that statement up other than legitimately just a guess. But I'd say he probably has, like, yeah, like three to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, he's currently has what, what, three coaches from his Tennessee coaching tree out there right now? Desmond Oliver in at ETSU, but didn't he get fired? Maybe. Or am I thinking of never never mind, I'm thinking of football, but like Desmond Oliver at ETSU, I don't think it's going well. Rob Lanier, SMU, 
hasn't gone great, hasn't gone poorly. And then, uh, yeah, Kim English, who has made it from George Mason now to Providence. Rick's only 69. I could see him going to, like, like 75. 75. Nice. Jinx. Six more years, though, kind of seems like a lot, too, when you say it like that. Like, 75 seems a lot easier than six more seasons. Do you think Rick Barnes at this point has has earned the right to have any kind of say or at least, you know, the ability to, to – influ- Will Rick Barnes be able to influence the, the his predecessor at all? Like, like has he done enough at Tennessee to have earned the right to have any influence on who precedes him? I don't. That's a good question. I don't know it. I think certainly he would, you know, be asked about who he would kind of want as the next replacement, maybe. But I don't know if like Danny White is in there saying like, "All right, Rick, like, congrats on retirement. Like, who's your next choice?" I don't know. I kind of feel. I kind of feel like Rick will kind of give give off that kind of impression oh, to thank Danny you, Jared. That, I forgot about Mark Schwartz oh. at East Carolina. Yeah, the defensive yeah, guru. Yeah, yeah. My bad. My yeah, bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just kind of feel like he he will kind of get that first say, and I, I think they'll value his opinion. I don't know if it'll be like the the end all be all opinion, but I I definitely think Rick Barnes has kind of has a hand in kind of who comes here next. But it is kind of that, you know, it, it brings up, it's like, do you want to hire a candidate that's kind of in-house, a guy that, you know, Rick Barnes kind of groomed, or do you want to go try to make like a splash hire with somebody that's not exactly associated with Rick Barnes? I'm personally against coaches having any real say in their predecessor. You know, those are two different worlds, coaching and hiring. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't think because you did one job well, you should have an input on the other. Like I don't think that Coach K should have been able to give his input. I mean, I don't <laughs> think Coach what K should have as much influence. And yeah, great job, John Shire. Aren't, aren't you doing yeah, swell? You picked your best recruiter, think, not your best coach. I don't think that that uh, Roy Williams should have had influence to get Hubert Davis hired. And you know, I guess on one hand he's made the Final Four. And now he's put together a pretty good team. On the other hand, he had one of the more disappointing teams in program history last year. So, yeah, I don't think that any coach. I don't care if Rick Barnes coaches five more years and wins five national championships. I don't think he should get input on who the next hire should be. Now, you know, if if you want to be like, hey, Rick, is there anybody that you think we should interview? Yeah. Like, to me, I guess that's the furthest extent of it. Like, hey, is there anyone that you've coached with that you feel like would be a good interview? Okay, cool. Now leave the rest to us. He like should that, get a say in the in the start of the hiring yeah. process, but not like the. Or is there anyone that you truly process. think would be a, a really bad fit here? And is there anyone you think we should interview? All right, thank you very much. Go enjoy your family. Mm-hmm. You know, go back to Hickory and eat some Osaka, and you know, go catch a Lenore Ryan game and have a great time. Or stay here if you want. You're welcome too. We love you, but that's that. I mean, I think Kim English could just become a coach that is a viable candidate at that point. You know, he kind of, I guess, w- would help with uh, continue on a certain culture that I really like that Rick Barnes has established. I mean, I think that's, like, something I'd like to see continue is a similar culture to what Rick Barnes has here. And, like, Kim English is a big players coach. He is a big culture guy. And, you know, he is a big defensive coach, too. You look at the defensive effort last night against Marquette, you held them under 30 points in both halves. Pretty impressive stuff. But uh, for me, Danny White – has proven especially especially in basketball uh that that he can hire a coach 
So I would just say, all right, Danny, you go hire your coach. You know, you do you. I want you to have full control. We trust you fully. That's where I would be at. But uh, And it does kind of feel like maybe with how far Rick Barnes has progressed the Tennessee basketball brand almost into a team that is, you know, like a top 10 team now, like does going to like an in-house candidate almost feel like too safe of a move? Like, don't you think you could go and, and get somebody and, you know, poach them off of another team maybe now that Rick Barnes has established Tennessee as this type of program? If Rick Barnes coaches five more years like he's coached the last five, then I don't think there will be any doubt. At that point, Tennessee will have firmly established itself as a premier college basketball brand and program. Right. Like which is pretty neat. Like I think Tennessee, we're getting to the point now. You're you've been ranked for like three straight years. You know, you you've you've consistently been a top fifteen, top ten team. No one blinks an eye when you're number eight. No one blinks an eye when you're projected to win the SEC. No one, you know, bats an eye when you pull in a top five recruiting class, when you win a top five game, when you yourself are a top five team. Like Tennessee, if they're not already, five more years of similar results from Rick Barnes, you will be like one of the very best programs in college basketball. So, yeah, I mean, by the time Rick Barnes retires, hopefully you're also at a place where, like, premier job. Yeah. Get like, anyone hey, in the country you want. Scott Drew, you want to come leave Baylor and come to Tennessee or yeah. something like that? Yeah, like that type of stuff. You know, it's. I was trying to think of another Scott Drew type that could maybe be available in five years, but all I could think was Chris Beard, but don't want that. What about you see you still need to see more from like a Jerome Tang? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I need to see yeah. a lot more. Especially I mean the I think you could draw Tommy Lloyd away from been, Arizona. That would be the dream. Yeah. I would love that. That would Lloyd. be the dream. Maybe uh, recruit me some Eastern Europeans into Knoxville. I need a couple more Uroshes. Hey, Eastern European, Eastern Tennessee, Rocky Top, Croatia. (laughs) (laughs) It works if you don't think hard. Yeah, I I I do kind of think that, Charlie. I'm. You know, I think that Rick Barnes, ultimately, by the time he hangs it up, will probably establish Tennessee to at the point where you're not really looking for, like, in-house hires maybe anymore. But maybe you are. Like, maybe, you know, maybe Kim English in five years is just a, a great basketball hired, coach. Yeah. yeah you know, or knows, maybe but. we're laughing about it. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, big slate tonight. Huge. Yeah, we, we get a little bounce-back slate tonight after a couple of ho-hum days. Uh, Sam, out of the following games, you can only pick one. What are you watching? We got UConn at Seton Hall. Baylor at Duke. Okay. Alabama against Arizona. Not at Arizona. Against Arizona in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. In the Hall of Fame series, which means that they're going to be using a Spalding TF-1000. Oh, keep an eye on that. Uh, so, again, Alabama, Arizona, and Phoenix. Um, Can I pick a different one? I wasn't done. 
Okay, good. UConn, Seton Hall, Baylor, Duke, or in the Jumpman Classic, UNC, North Carolina. Yeah, I'll take the Jumpman Invitational. Or UNC, Oklahoma. I just said the same team twice. Yeah, I will take uh, – I'm, I'm tuned into that North Carolina-Oklahoma game tonight. Um, I'm interested in Oklahoma this year. You know, I mean, we kind of talked about them a little bit. Uh, yesterday, but yeah, Porter Moser putting together a, a solid Oklahoma team so far this year, and you know it's a it's a team that's got some some decently solid wins. I'd say you know they've got a win over USC uh, earlier in the year, beat this Providence team that we're just talking about by by twenty one. You beat Arkansas, uh, and you know and tonight just feels like a really big really big matchup for them to kind of to kind of lay down or to you know to prove that they're a top top ten team in the country. Uh, and North Carolina as well, you know, coming off of, of two straight losses, um, playing really good competition as well, obviously. Um, you know, so I, I do think that, you know, this is kind of just a bounce back game for 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 North Carolina after losing to UConn and, and Kentucky. But I also think it's a huge game for Oklahoma to kind of say the tell to the nation, hey, you know, we've got a. We've got a top ten squad, and we feel good about what we've got here. So I think that that one's going to be uh, really exciting. But Arizona, Alabama is also kind of the next one for me that that really feels good. Yeah, I uh, I do want to see what that Oklahoma team is all about. This will obviously be the highest level of competition they've mm-hmm. played this year. Uh, but it's that Alabama Arizona game for me. You know, I want to see Grant Nelson uh, against Omar Balu and Pelly Larson. I want to see if Alabama is finally going to break through. Uh, they've been looking for that big win, and they've been so close. You know, they've been so close. Came up just short against Creighton. You know, came up just short against Purdue in a in a pretty poorly officiated game. Um, Feels like one that you need too. Like if you drop it, you go to six and five. Six and five for Alabama is whew, not a spot they want to be in. And you know. As, as much credit as we give Tennessee's schedule, Alabama's maybe played a harder one. Yeah. Probably has played a harder one. You know, maybe they don't they don't have the same element of like traveling to Hawaii necessarily, but I mean they've played number four Purdue, number eight Creighton, and number, you know, four Arizona. Along with like Clemson. Ohio yeah, exactly. State. Along like, with Clemson, some... Ohio State, Oregon, and They've played one of the like the ten best mid majors in the country in Indiana State. I think that's probably the toughest schedule in the country, not not Tennessee. Purdue too is, is a pretty yeah, crazy Purdue. schedule. <laughs> Purdue's played the a fact crazy that they've schedule. played Tennessee, Alabama, and Arizona, and Kansas. Yeah, Marquette, Marquette, Marquette. Yeah, Marquette. One loss. Northwestern. Correct. Northwestern. Gonzaga as well. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think Purdue has the hardest schedule so far. I like. I like how how many teams challenge themselves these days in the non-conference, though. Uh, I, I do enjoy. It's the that. blueprint. I think. I think so too. It feels like it at least. There's no way to. I think if you you know if you have to wait until conference play to figure out kind of the identity of your team, I think that's. You know that's not a good. It's just not really beneficial for you these days in college basketball. I think you got to play a, a tough non-conference schedule at the start of the year. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to kill yourself with it either. But it's just like 
play three or four tough games in the, in the start of the, the big year, 10's really figured it out if you just if you just have everyone in the conference play a tough non-conference <laughs> schedule then if you lose you can just say look we challenged ourselves and mm-hmm. then if you lose again in conference play you can say look we're just cannibalizing ourselves it's never it's never that we're bad it's always just that we're challenging mm-hmm. ourselves it's all about challenging yourself yeah you just got to challenge yourself uh, I am I am interested to see what Baylor and Duke looks like. I feel like Duke has fallen out of the spotlight ever since they lost to Georgia Tech, and you know they haven't really played anybody either. They've played just two games because you know they go to real school and have to do hard classes. So they've played just two games since then. They beat Charlotte and Hofstra, um, but their three prior games they were losing at half to Southern Indiana. Went and lost at Arkansas, and then went and lost at at Georgia Tech. I am interested to see what Duke looks like. Does the Baylor defense bounce back after getting torched? Like that game should be fun. Um, In Madison Square Garden, too. Duke always loves to win there. Tonight, I think we start to learn a little bit more about a couple of teams. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's more of what I'm excited about. It's just that time of year, too. You know. Yeah, you're getting there. Uh, sneaky good game. A little upset watch, perhaps. Yeah. IPFW tonight at Pittsburgh. All right. The Mastodons of, of Purdue-Fort Wayne. I will be on the lookout. 11-1. They're 13.5-point dogs. Hop on that money line. I'll be on the lookout. I'm sniping this one. What about? Putting them on upset watch. Sniping them. What about uh, Chicago State looking to win four straight? I think they did. No, they've, they've won three straight. Did they not win last night or two nights ago, I mean, Tuesday night? Or Monday well, they, night? Yeah, they beat Northwestern, then they beat Valparaiso, and then they beat UT Rio Grande. Oh, I thought UT, UT Rio Grande <clears throat> was four, or, or, or was three already. Or, that was uh, three. Bethune. Bethune-Cookman. When's the last time that Chicago State's been a favorite, I wonder? Tonight. That's what I'm saying. Shout out. Um, it's America's team. The game before that, they were a four and a half point favorite against. Seven and a half point favorite. Uh, some bets I like tonight, though. Well, actually, you know what? Let's get into that on the other side. Eleven forty-eight. Best bet coming up to close down the show. Ever been the coach? All right, 11.52, we were talking about the college hoop slate tonight, some of our best bets for the weekend. Wait, for Wednesday, sorry. Just feels like every day is the weekend, this close to Christmas. I always... I was I, I was thinking about this. We're going to have to, uh, to, like, go full national championship semifinal preview on Friday. Yeah. We're going to have to go full Citrus Bowl preview. We're not... Score 10 points. That's the key to the game. <laughs> we're not going to... Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to sign off on Friday, and, and we won't be back again until the national championship game is already decided. Like, the, the participants, I mean, not the, the game itself. Like, we'll be back again, and Tennessee will have... Played in the Citrus Bowl. Nico Iamaliava would have thrown for, you know, 389 yards and six touchdowns, and Alabama would have, you know. Maybe we could 
do like a, a Twitter space show or something. We're gonna try. I think we're gonna do. We uh, might, I think we're we gonna do some spaces out. next week. We could figure something out. I feel like there hasn't been as much conversation about these playoff games as I would have thought by, by now. It's about to ramp up big time, but uh, like for the first time in our lives, which granted, <laughs> I guess in our playoff lives. I mean, is this really the first time that like we don't go into the the semifinals having a pretty good of a, idea of what the championship game is going to be? Probably, or at least one of the participants. Probably. I mean, I feel like every year, you know, okay, well, this team's going to the national championship. They'll probably play this team this year. I have no idea. I have no idea if I think Alabama or Michigan's going to win. I have no idea if I think Washington or Texas is going to win. I don't even know who I'm rooting for. Washington. Well, I mean, I, I guess I mean in the other game. I want Washington to win it all, but I, I don't even know if I'm going to be rooting for Alabama or Michigan. Yeah. Probably depends on where I put my money. Speaking of putting your money places, uh, where are we putting our money tonight? I am going to go uh, to the over of 155.5 in North Carolina, Oklahoma. Um, and I think I'm going to lay – Eight and a half with Creighton against Villanova, too. Kind of a big number, but I'm going to lay it. I like a lot, so let's just run through it. Uh, I like UConn tonight, minus eight and a half. Yeah. That's a scary line for a Big East opener. Don't care. UConn's, UConn's different. Good, yeah. They just they went on the road by a lot of points. Um, I like the over in Duke, Baylor, yep. Madison Square Garden. Yep. Those, that was on my That just well. has the vibe of a game that's going to take off, over 154 and a half. Uh, continuing on, what's next, what's next, what's next? IPFW, already mentioned it. Sprinkle the money line. I think they could pull off an upset over this pit team that's actually pretty good, 8-3. and three. Got a pretty good player on the team, a lottery pick potentially. But uh, I think IPFW definitely covers 13.5, maybe pulls off an upset. Continuing on, continuing on, what else do we like? The people are asking, the people are asking – we love Northwestern. I don't care that it's with a weird ball. I don't care that they lost to Chicago State. I don't care that this game is in Phoenix, Arizona, and they're playing Arizona State. They're going to win by more than three and a half. Arizona State, soft team, physically gives in pretty easily. Don't have an answer for Boo Booey. Northwestern does have an answer for Frankie Collins. Northwestern will win this game by four or more. Uh, what else do we like? What else do we like? Well, I'll tell you what else we like. We like Alabama tonight plus eight and a half or plus seven and a half. Just, I think they're going to pull one of these out eventually. I don't know if tonight's the night, but I kind of think it just might be. Kind of think it just might be. Uh, also, feeling Seattle minus one and a half hosting Louisiana Tech. Also, also feeling. Uh, Charlie likes the entire board tonight. All right, you know what? Fine. You don't get my last bet. Joke's on you. We're about to. Show's over. We're we'll about out of time, Charlie. See give you us tomorrow. your last bet. See you tomorrow. No, we're done. You don't get it. Okay. People. He gave us nine. I mean, we we got a certain amount of time For in Sam this show, Beard, Charlie. I'm Charlie Collier. This has been The Blitz. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay with us on Fan Run Radio. John Reed, Cody McClure up next.